You're listening to the Sailing to Success podcast show, where we share practical tips and strategies to help you be more productive, boost your profits, and grow your business. Hey there, I'm Lindsay Phillips, founder of Smooth Sailing Business Growth, and I'll be your host and captain for this 30-minute excursion. Today, I'll be chatting with newsletter marketing expert, Sean Buck of Newsletter Pro. He explains why newsletters are not dead, how you can grow your business with them, and why, and some killer tips on making your newsletter successful. So let's get started, folks. Hey, everyone. Thank you for joining us. I'm so excited to chat with uh, Sean Buck um, with Newsletter Pro. So he's got a unique story. He had his first son at just 16 years of age and made the life-changing decision to raise him on his own. And this choice both inspired and motivated him to become the successful man that he is today. He's been a serial entrepreneur for over 15 years and currently owns and operates the Newsletter Pro, as stated, based out of Boise, Idaho. Now, although the Newsletter Pro has only been operating for six years, um, Sean and his 60-plus team members, which is quite a sizable company, has grown the company into the nation's largest custom print newsletter company, printing and mailing millions of newsletters annually for diverse industries spread across four countries, which is pretty impressive. And actually, in 2015, Sean and the Newsletter Pro landed at number 120 on the Inc. 500 fastest growing companies list with a sharp growth rate of holy hannah 2975 percent that's insane um so that is quite impressive he's a regular contributor uh to entrepreneur.com which i did not know and has both uh published his own book the ultimate guide to newsletters and uh, the second edition of Amazon bestseller, Newsletter Marketing, and also collaborating with um, some of you, of course, may heard of the marketing guru, Dan Kennedy, to co-write the No BS Guide to Maximum Referrals and Customer Retention. So impressive. Thank you, Sean Buck, for uh, joining me. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Looking forward to this. You betcha. And for those that don't know, um, Sean and I are working um, together with a, a co-client, if you will. Um, and, and I, too, have been in the you know newsletters and know their value of it for years. Um, but there is such a, a mindset about printed newsletters still, eh? Um, that people have. So why don't, I mean, some people think, oh, that's so old school. It's so like, you know, 1970s. I don't know. But people just do have this stereotype about it. Um, so what is your your response to that? <laughs> well, here's the thing. It's, it's, you could say the same thing about the telephone, right? But it's totally. still one of our best ways of closing business and making sales, right? You could say walking into a store, I mean, how long have we been doing that, right? Oh my so, God, yeah. Right? That's so it's analogy. the same thing. Yeah, it's, the, the, the challenge isn't whether it's old or whether it's new, it's whether it works or it doesn't work. That's yeah. really the, the bigger portion of this. And so, you know, if it works, um, then it doesn't matter how old it is. And in yeah. fact, to some extent, it actually makes it better. And the reason it makes it better is I don't know about any of the listeners here, but I have done and, and currently do AdWords and Facebook advertising mm-hmm. and LinkedIn marketing and all this new stuff. And you know, there's one really crazy thing about all this new stuff. The rules change what feels like daily on them, right? Yeah. Um, 
and it's, it's not super established. Today you're doing well, tomorrow you're struggling. Um, and so, you know, newsletters are amazing as long as, you know, you know what your goals are, what you're trying to accomplish, and that it's something that a newsletter can accomplish for you. Um, same thing with any other media. That's so true. And it, it's like you got to get out of those limiting beliefs and those mindset. And if the numbers prove and the stats prove that it works, then it works, <laughs> you know, end That's of story. Good. And like yeah. you said, like with the telephone, I mean, we still talk to people on the phone and have those, you know, sales conversations or customer service conversations. You can't run a business through email alone or, you know, online stuff alone. Yeah, chat bots only. You're only going to chat with people on Facebook. That's only yeah. the only thing. You're going to be very poor if you do that. Absolutely. So what are the benefits then um, of um, newsletter marketing? Well, so there's a lot of benefits, but let me go over the three primary benefits. Yeah. Uh, the first one is one that people usually associate with newsletters and it's retention. Mm-hmm. So building relationships with your existing customers and then, and then retaining them. Because see, in today's day and age where there is almost infinite choices for anything we want, right? The thing that makes you different is a relationship. And, and that's where you start. So when you can build that personal relationship with someone, and it doesn't have to go both ways. They just need to feel they have a relationship with you, right? You don't necessarily mm-hmm. have to have a personal relationship with them. Um, then it changes how they do business with you. It changes their price sensitivity. It changes where they, uh, where they look when they need a product or service that you offer. It changes everything. And so that's the first thing and the, and the primary thing people think of for newsletters. But there's two other areas where if they don't capitalize on it when using a newsletter, they're really missing out. And mm-hmm. the first area is referrals. So we recently did a referral promotion that ran for about six months, maybe seven months. It was, it was seven months for a dentist. And, and this could work in, in a lot of different niches, but this was the one we ran this promotion in. And over the seven months, they promoted a trip to Disney World. So enter for a chance to win. Send us a referral who comes in and you get entered for a a chance to win a trip to Disney World for a family of four. Airfare, hotel, tickets, whole nine yards. It wasn't inexpensive. I mean, we're in Boise, Idaho and this guy's in Boise, Idaho. And so that's, that's, you know, seven, eight hour flight, right? Mm -hmm. And um, what ended up happening, I took, now let me back up for one second. It took me five years, no joke, five years to convince Oh, really? That's funny. Yeah. Yeah. Five years. So I finally get him to do it. And he ends up with 348 new patients over the seven years. Wow. Yeah. I bet bet the revenue from that costs more than a trip to Disney World. (laughs) uh, Yeah. So the, the cost per new patient now in a dental business typically is in the 150 to 250 dollar per patient range mm-hmm. but if i averaged in all the expenses including all the costs for the newsletter all the costs for the trip i mean so so the newsletter you know what we said is what if the newsletter only did these referrals right um it, it didn't help in any other area of his practice he ended up spending 48 dollars a new patient that's what it costs for everything all in. So, um, so referrals, it's a huge area that people often overlook in their newsletter and, and it's a mistake. Um, and they shouldn't overlook it. And then the, the last area that people overlook is actually to their prospects, their warm, hot prospects. See prospects are ready to buy when they're mm-hmm. ready to buy, not when you're ready to sell them. Right. 
And just because they make an inquiry doesn't mean they're ready to buy today. Totally. Uh, in fact, all the stats say that you typically you've got to touch them about eight times before they're ready to buy. Mm-hmm. So here's the thing. If you will put those hot prospects on your newsletter list, your competitors aren't going to do that. And you're going to be the only one continuing to follow up with them. So last year, 2016, in my company, we added $1.3 million in new sales from people who found us 12 months ago before they bought. Wow. So they got onto our list and 12 months later, they finally decided to buy. And, uh, and so $1.3 million is not a uh, chump change. And, and it was, that was 29% of our new revenue last year. And so if you think about that for a quick second, you can, you can realize that we would have lost nearly a third of our new revenue last year had we done what most other businesses do, which was to give up on those leads long ago. Totally. And that's where reporting is really important on knowing, um, A, obviously how people come into your, your world, so to speak, but Absolutely. what that buying cycle is and how long it takes them and what triggers it. And, um, and yeah, you're so right. A lot of entrepreneurs are like, they send out two postcards and direct mail and then wonder why they don't have, you know, 50 people at their event or whatever it is. And then they give up. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know about filling events, right? I mean, with our yeah. client, I mean, that's not easy thing to do. Mm-mm. So it takes a lot of effort. Yeah, a lot of nurturing. And that's, again, where you say that relationship building is really crucial. Yeah, absolutely. Now, I know a lot of people probably ask you the same questions all the time when, when they're new to you. And I know, you know, I hear this question out there as well. It's like, you know, should it be black and white? Should it be color? Does it have to be two page, four page? I've heard some people want to do like a 16 page newsletter and I'm like, holy man, it's like a book. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. Are there like guidelines that are, I mean, I'm sure every niche and every industry is, you know, has their own anomaly, so to speak. But yeah. Um, what would you say to someone that, that asked that kind of a question? So 95% of people, mm-hmm. okay can get away with a color four page newsletter. That's a self mailer. So it doesn't need to go in an envelope. It's right. folded. It's like an 11 by 17 page. So like two pages put together and then folded in half and then folded in half again and then sealed up top. And, and that will work for 95% of people. There's a few B2B people who it makes sense to go to an eight page. Huh? There's a few people who maybe are like, we've got this one client who they like, um, work, um, um, you know, cooperatively with some of their partners. And so they have a 16 page newsletter, but it's four different companies splitting the cost going out to like 10,000 people, you know? So, I mean, there's a, yeah, there's a few little anomalies in there, but for the most part, that's, that's the, the, what will work, which is the 95% uh, of people, four page color newsletter, self mailer works perfect. Now, do you, I'm assuming primarily that your customers are, just sending out the mails for marketing purposes, but do you have some that are like paid subscription models? Oh yeah, sure. Which yeah, I absolutely. find interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, sometimes they're, com- so we have one of our uh, larger clients sends 17,000 paid subscription newsletters every single month. Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot. So their core business um, isn't selling subscription newsletters, although you might think that that's what it is. <laughs> uh, they're core business them in, right? That's a lot of users, but to get them in via the newsletter and then they sell supplements on the exactly. back. Yeah. 
right? So that, so, so they kind of, you know, they don't charge a whole lot for the newsletter. Mm-hmm. Um, and they, so in turn, they don't make a whole lot of money on it, but it's a, yeah, it's a 32 page. It's a beautiful newsletter. Wow. Um, yeah, it goes in a clear plastic envelope. I mean, it's a, it's a great publication and, um, and they do very well with it and, and in turn sell their supplements and fill their events. They have events as well. So yeah. Fill the events. So that's awesome. So it's, I, I mean, it, it lends itself to a lot of different applications and different oh, degrees. Yeah, absolutely. So now are there, I mean, there's B2B, there's B2C email, uh, emails, newsletters. Um, I'm sure people ask you all the time, like, what do I put in the newsletter? And I know uh, from experience that people want to throw so much promo stuff at it and on it. Uh, What recommendations do you give on what kind of content to include? Okay. Well, let's start with promo stuff. Promo stuff by and large should not go in the newsletter. It should only go as a freestanding insert. Mm -hmm. Okay. So uh, there are some exceptions to that rule, but, but by and large, that's, that's where it should be. Um, Here's, here's rule number one, though, for creating a good newsletter that people will actually read and that you'll actually get results for. Rule number one, and, and it actually applies to all marketing, is don't be boring. Yeah. So many people get on there and they're, they're boring. They're, they, they talk about their industry like they're a plumber and they want to talk about the plumbing industry. Like, are you out of your mind? I know. No one wants to know about that, right? No, you know? I, don't need to, I don't need to know the inner working of a toilet. <laughs> no, no. That's why I hire you because <laughs> you know, I don't want to know the inner workings of a toilet. I hire plumbers for that, you know? And so, um, I mean, you you know, you're long guy talking about cutting grass or something like that's the last thing I want to read about. Yeah. Um, and look, I, I started out when I first started out in doing a newsletter is back in 2002 and I made this exact same mistake, exact mistake. I owned a dry cleaning company and my newsletter for two years before I realized how, how bad I was doing on it was about dry cleaning, how to get grass stains out, how to get wine stains out of shirts. It was so boring. It was like people literally still keep them around as sleep aids. They've laminated them. And when they have a problem going to sleep, they pull this out (laughs) and they read about how to get grass stains out because that's how entertaining that was. Yeah. So um, here's the thing. You, what you really want to do is you want to get personal. You want to talk about what's going on in your world. And now the, the pushback I get so I get pushback every time I, every time I do this, I talk about this and they go, Sean, no one cares. No one wants to know what's going on in my world. And then I, I stop for a second and I ask one question and I just need to know, I just need to know if someone can then explain Facebook to me because that's all it is. <laughs> I know. Right. What it, it, Hey, check out my kids going to football camp. Like, I know. Or I, I ate this you know, recipe today or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. And so here's the thing. They all want to know what's going on with you. That's, so that's the truth. Of the matter. So just like on Facebook, you have to determine what you're going to talk about. Right. I mean, you don't put everything on there. You're not going to be like, Oh my goodness. I just got in a fight with my spouse this morning. You know? <laughs> there are limits. That's, yeah, that probably shouldn't go on Facebook, you know, unless you'd like to be, uh, unless you'd like to change your status from married to divorced, you know, so um, you have to, you know, be careful what you put on there. But all I do is I have a list. I have a list of stuff that I'm willing to talk about. And some of it's more personal than others. And mm. you even talked about it in my intro, right? I had a kid at 16 years old. Wow, that was really young, mm. right? And, um, and now, now he's 21. Wow. And, um, 
And, and the big difference to that story is I raised him instead of his mom. And so that's one of the big, the big kind of pivots on that. Now, why do I tell such a personal story like that? You know, honestly, I'm not embarrassed about it, nor have I ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, although I was told by many family members and friends that my life was over and I wasn't going to be successful. And, nice. and I, you know, I now look at what they're doing on Facebook and laugh, but, um, <laughs> No, I mean, but in all reality, you know, that's, that's what they, that's what I was told. But here's the thing. We all have adversity in life, right? We all have challenges and problems that come up and some are bigger than others, obviously, you know, um, and, and, but it's, it's what you do in the face of that challenge and that adversity that really, you know, defines who you are and who you become. It's not the challenge and, and the adversity. And so, so I tell it to share the story. You're saying, listen, this could have hurt me. And it's very probably millions of other people. Um, but I decided I wasn't going to let that happen. So I, so I let that personal story go out there, right? There are other personal stories I don't tell, you know? I mean, of course, right? right. So you have to know what you're going to open up about. And just make a list. And then talk about those things. And in a list of five, seven things you're going to talk about, perfect. Um, that'll be enough. And, and you can do a little bit, if you're in a B2B niche like I am, you can tie it back into business. Mm-hmm. So I'll give you a story I wrote not too long ago. Basically was calling out other entrepreneurs because we're all a little bit afraid. We're afraid to go ask for the sale. We're afraid to go and prospect and to talk to strangers and stuff. And the story I told was how my 10-year-old is walking through my neighborhood and knocking on doors in the wintertime and asking if they can shovel the driveway. And then he goes, he, he can only go on our street. So then he goes back to those same people and asks if he can, if he can um, um, take out their trash cans for a dollar a week to the curb and bring them back. And then he goes to those same people and he asks them if they can wash the car in the summertime. And he continues to knock on the same doors and ask the same people, even if they've given them a no every single time. Mm-hmm. And he's just relentless and he goes after it. And, and, you know, he made like 200 bucks shoveling driveways over a weekend uh, here in the winter, you know, a few months back. And, and, but here we are entrepreneurs, grown adults, and we're, and we're scared to go talk to strangers at a trade show, you know, or something, right? I know. When you put it in that perspective, it is crazy, but kids are, they, well, look how many times they ask you to have candy for breakfast. That's right. Yeah, totally. (laughs) It's, they're relentless. Like, and they are just like, you never know. They might say yes. (laughs) Yeah. And we need to be relentless as entrepreneurs. So that's, you know, so I wrote a story that tied back around to that, that the moral of the story was guys go out and do it. Who's that, who's that prospect you've been putting off calling? You know, what's that hard conversation you haven't had with an employee that you need to go have? What, whatever it is, go, go do it, go do it right now. And that was the moral of that story. So that was a way that I tied in the personal and the business, right? And I think it humanizes you, right? And people want to naturally feel connected to other people in some way. Um, I had a, and everyone knows what like a lawyer, right? Like they don't want to be near them. They're all stodgy, boring, the whole nine yards. And I have a lawyer that does a newsletter and he has like an article about his dog. He has an article about what's up with his kids and what's, you know, his family, like, personal stuff, right? Fun pictures. And you wouldn't think that coming from a lawyer, but honestly, if he misses that out of a newsletter because he's been too busy, people squawk. They're yeah, like, absolutely. I want to know what happened to Hazel, your dog. And it wasn't in last month's issue. <laughs> yeah. People want to know that stuff. We see it all the time. Yeah. And here's the thing. At the end of the day, people do business 
they prefer, I should say, they prefer to do business with people they know, like, and trust. Totally. And, you know, it is your job to build that that relationship um, so that they know, like, and trust you because it is impossible for them to do business with you if they don't know who you are, what you do, and that you're still in business. I know. And it's almost like people are afraid to be whimsical and, like, human and funny. And you're right. Sometimes they're just like so boring in all business. It's yeah. you're allowed. It's better if you show your personality and your quirkiness and in my books. Oh, totally. I mean, think about it from the lawyer standpoint, how many of them asked to see your, your report card? Zero. Mm-hmm. They all, they all just believe you're a good lawyer and that you did good in law school. They, I mean, they, they just believe that. So you don't need to prove to them yeah. that you're a good lawyer by telling them about case law. Cause they don't care. No. Prove to them that you're a good person. Yeah. See, I look at it like this, like with lawyers, we work with a ton of lawyers. And so, um, I look at it like this. It's like Congress. The, the approval rating for Congress in the United States is like 16% or something like that. It's really, really low. But if that's the case, how do all these people keep getting elected? <laughs> so no one likes Congress except their congressman or woman. Mm-hmm. No one likes lawyers except their lawyer. And I got to be honest, I know some great lawyers. Um, they're, you know, but but you you've got to you know you've got to be personal and you've got to have a personality and, and, and they want to know and like you and they want you to be their guy or gal. Yeah, I agree. Um, so hopefully we've convinced some people, Sean. <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. Now. So what is the value of a getting an address, a mailing address versus an email address? Cause I mean, once we have their mailing address, um, and I know you do direct mail in general and not just newsletters. Yeah. How can we kind of milk that and leverage it? Oh, so there's so many different ways. Like if you're not getting physical addresses, you are missing out on, on a literal fortune. So mm-hmm. physical addresses, um, one, they have a longer shelf life. So average person moves every seven years. Uh, average email address has changed uh, about every year and a half. I believe it was the last stat that I saw on the number. And and the thing about it is, is your address, it's not like you can also have a spam physical mail address, right? But how many people listening have a spam email address? Because I've got two or three of them. Yeah. And and the thing about it is that, you know, it's it's harder to hide from that. People still do go to the mailbox. In fact, there there is a, it hasn't, trickled down quite to small business. And I think of small business as under 20 million, right? Mm-hmm. It hasn't quite trickled down to small business yet, but there's a huge, huge resurgence going on in direct mail right now, especially in large companies. I just spoke with a 500 uh, location pet store uh, back East and they because of the success they had last year in direct mail went from 10% of their entire marketing budget, which on a 500 location pet store is many millions of dollars um, to from 10% to one third of their entire marketing budget is now back in direct mail. Wow. Huge online only companies because they can get your address are now sending catalogs to millennials and the second largest purchaser of items from catalogs, is just that millennials. Now they're not sending in a card to do it. They're going to the website on the catalog and making the purchase, but the millennials are getting the catalog, flipping through it and then yeah. going online and making a purchase. And they're buying more than if they just find the website on their own. 
the, the, the dollars that they're spending are higher when they get the catalog as exactly. compared to those going to the website. So there's this huge resurgence and it, it typically is that small business is a couple years behind big business. And I mention this because if, if you can get ahead of that curve now, you'll be better positioned for the future. That's a good point. That's good advice. Now, how can we, um, because uh, many of us solopreneurs and entrepreneurs and whatever's out there, we're naturally right now focused on online marketing. How can we sure. get newsletters or direct mail to complement that and work in tandem? Yeah, look, everything you should be doing is multimedia, mm -hmm. right? It, you don't want silos. So if you generate a lead online, your goal should be to take it offline as fast as possible. And if you generate a lead offline, like at a trade show or something like that, mm -hmm. your goal should be to get them online as fast as possible. So everything should be multimedia. And if you'll add a multimedia approach, you'll find your sales increase. So for example, we, we generate leads from Facebook as well. Okay. We're, we're mm -hmm. just like everybody else, you know, in mm -hmm. small business. Okay. So we generate leads. We, we sell or give them a book depending on what the promotion is that we're running. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but when we generate the lead, we generate full contact information, not just email address, but we get that as well. And then we mail it to them. And then we have email follow-up, direct mail follow-up and phone call follow-up. Right. And we retarget them on Facebook. We're literally hitting them in a, in a multimedia approach because it takes that much to get a customer today. It takes that much effort to get someone to buy. That's true. And, and I know you give out quite the shock and awe package as well. We do. Yeah. We send a, it costs us about 15 bucks to mail out our, our free, you know, our free package that we send out. So it's not inexpensive and, yeah. and we really do want to, um, to, to wow them when they get it. Um, so they, they'll stop for a minute because getting someone's attention nowadays is oh, yeah. very difficult. So if I can get you to stop for a minute because I'm wowing you with this shock and awe package, um, then I can, you know, I, I've got a chance. I've got an opportunity. Absolutely. Um, and I like how you, you have everything working together and cross pollinating, if you will, to kind of, yeah, you need to get them at every angle because you never know which one's going to reach them. That's right. Yeah. You, you don't know. And even Google came out, Google analytics came out with an article uh, just a week ago or so um, that was talking about, you know, so many people are tracking their metrics based off a of last touch. And that is like dumb. That's Google, what Google's saying. I mean, they were nicer about it than I was right there, but that's what they were getting at. And they said, because you're tracking last touch and you don't realize that, that that last touch, that one email you sent that, that got the conversion. Um, first they had to go, so first they clicked on ad, then they came back around on a retargeting ad, then they came on their own to read two blog posts. Yeah. Um, then they got two emails that they didn't respond to but opened, and then the third email they finally decided to buy. But it, you couldn't just send the third email and get them to buy. You needed yeah. everything else to get you there. And, and that's what people are missing. They want to go out, they want to go on Facebook, they want to get a lead, and they want the person to buy right away. And if you're selling a low price product, fine. You can probably do that. No problem. But if you want to make a, a, you know, you know, a couple hundred dollar or a couple thousand dollar, $10,000 sale, that's not, that's just not going to happen. And no. you shouldn't even be trying to make it happen. And if you've got a product ladder and an Ascension ladder, like there's a process oh, yeah. and a whole funnel for those things. You can't just leap from one to B, you know, A to B. No, no, it takes, yeah, it, it requires every little component uh, in there uh, to make that, to make that, 
sale happen on that third email. That's what's required out of it. It's not that the third email was magic, you know? So exactly. if you ever doubt that, just cut out everything else and send the third email and see what happens. You'll find that <laughs> nothing happens. That'd be an interesting test, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You find no one buys. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I've got a story that I don't think we have time for, but, but you know, I found that out a long time ago that there is a sequence and an order of things have to go in or you do not make the sale. Yeah. I agree. And, and again, the biggest, one of the biggest factors I find in that is that whole nurturing and relationship and providing value. And, and that's another part of the whole newsletter marketing is that you're providing value. You're providing information. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you have to, you know, you have to provide value first. People will give you their time before they'll give you their money. Mm -hmm. And so it's really, really important that you provide values because they don't, they don't need you. They can find value and information anywhere else. The, the thing is, is just most people aren't talking to them or they're only talking to them when, when the, the prospect goes and searches out the information. But I don't want them to talk. I don't want to only talk to them that way. I want to talk to them one-on-one sometimes because if I can get them one-on-one, I have a much better shot at selling them than if, I, if it's, you know, think about it. Would you rather be at a trade show, let's say, and, or, or on stage speaking and be the only person in your category or would you rather have your six other competitors there as well? So how can you set yourself up to be the only person talking to them? Yeah. That should always be the goal. That's a good point. You have good ways of, of uh, framing things. Thank you. So what are some of the biggest mistakes that you find people make um, with newsletter marketing? So we talked about, so you see we got off on a rabbit hole there, but we talked about being boring. Huge yes. mistake. The next thing that I see is they don't mail monthly. Right. So what happens is, is they want to have a conversation, but they want to have it quarterly. They're like, no, I'm going to be cheap on this. Yeah. Um, well, come on. What relationship do you have that, that really is a value that you actually think of the person uh, on a regular basis that you have a quarterly conversation with them? Um, you know what, like, why don't we do that for your spouse next month? Okay. Just decide that you're only talk to them once during the quarter and see if you're still married, you know, no, <laughs> relationship works that way. And so you can't expect a business relationship to work that way. Um, the next thing is they only want to be promotional and that one, that one kills me. Kills me. They want to put coupons in there or something. And I'm like, Oh my goodness, you guys are going to murder all the hard work that we've done for six months building up the readership because you want to put a coupon in there to save 10%. And there are ways to monetize it. That's just not it. Right. Um, and so what happens is, what happens is, is that when they, when they go to be promotional, see, think about it like this. So if you've, if you've had any success in your life, and even if you haven't, you may be able to relate to this, but if you've, if you've had any success, you have a person in your life who, when you see their name and phone number pop up on the caller ID, you know, you're getting ready to be hit up for a favor. Right? right? They want money. They want you to help them move. They, they need something from you. Right. And I've got that now. Like I know <laughs> that when my brother-in-law's number popped up on my caller ID, like I'm, I need to write a check or something. Right. You know? So, um, so I don't answer that call. Like I, I avoid that call like the plague, you know? And, and so, so what happens is that's how businesses operate when they're so promotional when they're overly promotional. Right. They are the annoying pest that only calls, that only phones, that only sends an email when they want something. What do they want? They want me to buy something. So guess what? No wonder everyone stops, starts ignoring your emails. No wonder you have a 3.76% open rate or, or <laughs> click-through rate, you know? I mean, yeah. you, 
all you do every time you call, you want something from me. Why don't you try giving? Relationships are give and take, yeah. not take, 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 take. So that that's a huge mistake people make. Remember, you have to give, and and that is becoming more and more true uh, today than than it ever has been. I agree. Those are a couple of mistakes. There's a, a yeah, I call it the car the car salesman approach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> No one likes that. It makes them feel yucky. So, yeah, I mean, those, I'd probably say those three mistakes people make, um, that, that really kills their newsletter. And, um, you know, we could probably go through, you know, I'm a sure dozen other, but, you know, <laughs> you know, it's ugly, you know, it's, um, you know, they, they sell content to their friends. Yeah. yeah you know, stuff like that. Spelling so. errors. Uh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. They don't edit it. You know, <laughs> listen, I'm not great at grammar either. That's why I employ six editors. That's why you've got a rocking team. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so thank you. So I don't know this time goes by in these podcasts so darn fast. Um, I know. So hopefully we have convinced um, some people out there to um, take a second look at newsletters and you know, it's not an either or for online marketing or, you know, direct mail. It's, to have them in tandem and cover all your bases is, uh, is smart for sure. So how can people get a hold of you? And I know you've got um, a free ultimate guide to newsletters that you can uh, provide people to. Yeah. Yeah. So if they'd like to get one of my books, the ultimate guide to newsletters, uh, newsletter marketing, um, we're going to give them a completely free copy. We're even going to pay the shipping and handling. So it's that $15 package that I kind of briefly mentioned earlier. Mm. Um, if nothing else, they'll love the marketing out of it because it's a, it is an amazing uh, shock and awe package. Yeah. Um, and all they have to do is go to newsletterpro.com forward slash free book. So newsletterpro.com forward slash free book, uh, fill in their info. We'll send it to them. They'll get a copy of uh, our latest edition of our newsletter will be in that package as well. And it will explain um, how to do newsletters, right? Uh, some of the mistakes, you know, it'll go more in depth of what we talked about on this, this, you know, 30 ish minute uh, podcast. Yeah. And in plus two with seeing your newsletter that you put out, it's like, okay, this is how you do it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's nice to see that example. I think sometimes people have a hard time picturing what it would look like and envisioning it. So I, I'm sure yeah. that's super helpful. Yeah, totally. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for joining me. You've given us um, some great tips and giving uh, some entrepreneurs out there some good food for thought for sure. Well, thanks for inviting me. The pleasure was all mine. Alrighty, folks, that is it for this episode of Sailing Success Podcast. Of course, you can go to smoothbusinessgrowth.com to check out my videos, blogs, and other podcasts. And of course, um, how we can help you attract and acquire customers faster through powerful content marketing. Um, again, that's smoothbusinessgrowth.com. So until next time, folks, have a profitable and productive week and may the wins always be at your back. Mm -hmm.